Welcome to the New Song Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us today. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message from Stephen about Jesus and how much he loves you. If we can serve you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok by searching New Song CS. If you've been impacted by this message, join those who so generously give so we can reach more people with the story of Jesus. Visit newsongcs.com slash give or text the word easy to 94000. Now sit back teachers, and enjoy this message. In the room or if you're representing, you can represent a teacher. And we're also going to bring in our kids. We're going to pray for them. But um, I asked her to share some things that have uh, been on my heart and also on her heart. So go ahead. Well, thank you. Um, I'm Lindsay Alonji. For those of you who don't know me, I know some of you here have known me since I was tiny, and some of you I've just met. So I just thought I'd give you a quick background on myself. But um, I grew up mostly here in Colorado Springs. My mom and dad are here today. Um, They're both licensed ministers, so I grew up in the church. And um, I've realized as I've become an adult that I, I was kind of naive to the world, um, I assumed everybody's mom threw thematic birthday parties every year. Um, my older brother and I share the same birthday. I was born on his birthday, and my mom would bust out two separate incredible parties. I just thought that's what moms did. Um, my dad sat in the hallway and read to us every single night classic literature. Again, thought that's what dads did. Um, so as I got older and realized no, you're the weirdo. Like, not very many people had that experience. Um, I've realized how blessed I am. Um, And it makes me often question why God has me where he does because um, I've had this, like, sweet fairy tale (laughs) uh, childhood. So um, I grew up and decided I wanted to be a teacher. Um, And I knew that from a very early age because I admired my kindergarten teacher so much. And Um, went into teaching as soon as I got out of uh, college. I taught for six years, and then I started having babies, and we just kept having babies for like six years straight, it felt like. Um, So I have three kids of my own. They're now almost 12, (laughs) which hurts my heart to say out loud that he's almost 12, but 12, 10, and 8. And so, and my wonderful husband is here somewhere. Um, So I just went back to teaching a couple years ago, and Um, Some of you probably know there are wonderful things about being an educator, Um, getting to see kids like figure something out for the first time, that like excitement of like I did it, or, um, you know, just like finding a new passion, something they're excited about. Um, And one thing that I know I love a lot about teaching is kids are so much better at loving unconditionally than adults. Um, if, if you've ever been in a classroom with a special needs student, those kids just, they are tripping over themselves to help and to support these kids and love on these kids. And they're so gentle and kind. And it gives me hope for the future. I don't know what happens to us from the time we're eight till we become adults and start screaming at each other about ridiculous things. But something happens, and um, that's kind of what I'm hoping to to deal with. I'm used to talking to tiny people, so I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> one sec. But um, one, one example I wanted to give is I have a student this year who has the biggest, sweetest heart, and she has been through some really tough things, and 
we had the stomach thing rock through our school, and I had a student get sick in class, and she left, and some kids were talking about how it smelled and all this stuff, and this other girl just started to weep, and I was like, what is going on? And um, she was crying for the girl who wasn't even there because she felt embarrassed for her that kids were talking about the fact that she had thrown up. So things like that, you know, like, it just, it's amazing. It's wonderful to see. Um, there are some things like any job that are not so wonderful about education. I'm pretty sure that teachers' bladders have stretched beyond reasonable limits ever. Um, there's more days than not that I go home and realize that I had never had a chance to use the restroom all day um, just because our pace is so intense all day long. Um, we have really honest children, <laughs> which is a wonderful thing, but can also you know, be hurtful. I've had um, kids ask me, like, when I'm having my baby, um, and I've stopped having babies, so that, you know, makes you feel really good. Um, I had a student respond to me after spring break that I had gotten bigger over spring break. She was really happy. I'm going to assume she meant taller. I don't know, but I think we can all guess she probably meant something else, but um, one day I put together a really snazzy outfit. I was feeling really good, and I had a student ask me, why I had worn a costume to school if we were doing something special. So, I mean, they really keep you grounded. Um, and one, one area, too, like our lunch, our lunch times, one of my teacher friends is here with me today. We get like a 20-minute lunch, and we're trying to talk and eat and grade papers and return parent messages and remember to go to the bathroom and get construction paper for this thing or that thing. And then we have indigestion because we were shoving food down our throats to try and make it through the end of the day. So it's not, you know, it's not all like um, after-school special moments in the classroom. Um, it can get kind of crazy. I found this um, video on Instagram that I felt like really captured what it feels like to be a teacher right now. And so hopefully it's going to work um, so you guys can take a look at that. Look at how they compare. Yes, you have to use the bathroom. Can it wait? Okay, go ahead. Compare and contrast. And you also need to use the bathroom? Is it an emergency? Okay, can you wait for them to come back? Perfect. We're gonna compare and contrast the two. Why are you under the table? Are you okay? All right, can you sit in a chair? Thank you. We're going to compare and contrast the two images on the board that we've looked at earlier. This. You need a pencil? We're actually not doing any writing right now. You just need your eyes and your ears up front. All right, great, thank you Please so much. excuse the announcement. If you're missing a red backpack, please report to the office. Report to the office. Um, what was I saying? Somebody, what was the last thing I said? Look at how... Okay, so, I mean, it seems like it's, like, hot, but for real. And then, like, on top of that, somebody's called somebody a name, and there's kids crying, and I just... And I've said to them, I just want to teach you things. Can you let me teach you things? Um, so, I mean, I, I, we, we try our best to keep everything under control, but there is a lot that goes on um, all day long in teaching, um, and it's always been a hard career. I don't think there's any teacher that would ever say that it was easy. Um, but I do feel like we've had a shift over time um, in society, in our world, that things are getting harder. Family situations are more difficult. Families are breaking down. Um, and so much so that I, I saw that back in, like, the late 90s, the CDC even started to, like, research this. Like, what is going on with our kids and then in adulthood we're seeing such a rise in all these different areas and so they really started to research this and came up with this 
um, theory about adverse childhood experiences, and they call them ACEs. So I'm not going to continue to say adverse childhood experiences. I'll say ACEs, and you'll know what I mean. But these are things like violence, abuse, neglect, um, witnessing violence in their home or their community, um, having family members attempt or um, die by suicide, um, substance abuse problems, mental health problems in the home, instability due to parent separation, due to like incarceration or things like that. Um, and they found that all these adverse childhood experiences have led to chronic health problems. So we're seeing um, a huge rise in mental illness, um, substance abuse problems in adolescence and adulthood. Um, it can impact their education, their job opportunities, their earning potential. And there's studies found, and, and this is like back in the 90s, the 19s as my children refer to them, um, that about 61% of adults surveyed across 25 states in the United States had experienced at least one type of ACE before the age of 18, and nearly one in six of those reported that they had experienced four or more types of ACEs. Um, and so they started looking at this, like, how can we prevent this from happening? And they found that if we could combat this, we could um, prevent up to 1.9 million cases of heart disease, 21 million depression cases could have been potentially avoided. Um, and ACEs are costly to all of us, whether they impact us directly or not. Um, they found that it's costing society hundreds of billions of dollars every year. And um, <clears throat> they estimated that just a 10% reduction in these ACEs in North America could equal up to about $56 billion annually that we're not spending on substance abuse and medical needs and depression and, and all of those things. And so um, the whole idea is we have to target our youth. Um, we want to stop them from having these diseases, this substance abuse, these teen pregnancies, um, all these different areas. But trauma, trauma is tough, and it, it doesn't just go away just because you've been removed from a situation. And I think that we probably could all agree that the last three to five years have been really tough. We went through a pandemic. Um, there's been huge inflation. We've had people losing jobs. It's been a stressful time for everybody. And in the midst of that, we have these, these children who are witness to it all, who are victim to it all. Um, and I do believe that during COVID, we were doing the best we could that we knew to do. But we have a lot of kids that we're seeing now fell through the cracks during that time. Um, so I think that, um, excuse me, um, that these days we're seeing a huge amount <clears throat> of increase in these cases. And when I taught um, in the 2000s, the early 2000s, before I started having kids, I'd have maybe like one kid with like a tough home situation, um, maybe like every other year. It wasn't super frequent. Most kids' families were involved. Um, and now I've come back to the classroom. I took, you know, 10 years off, and we had a pandemic in the middle of that. And I would say now, um, I work with two different third grade classes, so I have about 43 students. And um, just for the things that I know about, about 15 of those kids have more than one of these adverse childhood experiences happening right now. And I don't teach in like a really poor area. 
I'm not in South Central LA. Like this is Colorado Springs. My parents live in this neighborhood. Um, and there's 15 children who have abuse and neglect and um, parents that are in jail and situations that are so horrific, it's hard for me to comprehend. And um, then on top of that, we're trying to teach them to read and to write and to do math and to perform on the tests and to reach our expectations. And they're dealing with so much at home. And so um, some of these kiddos, um, I don't want to go into too much detail because, you know, that's their privacy. But I have one student who I know has, his mom has been in and out of jail since he was born. She's been on and off of meth. Uh, he's been physically abused. I know he's been verbally abused because of the way he talks about himself. Um, and he's probably the angriest eight-year-old I've ever known. Um, and it, it doesn't seem fair that an eight-year-old would have to be so full of rage and anger. And I have worked with him all year to show him unconditional love because he has no concept of that, which um, is heartbreaking. He um, has always been told that if he's bad, they're going to send him away, that he's going to go to military school, or you have to go live with your grandma because we can't deal with you. And um, the more I've worked with him and gotten close with him, the more he shoves me away because I, he doesn't know how to be close. But I've seen changes in him this year, and it's not a pat on my back because it has not been easy, but I've seen that he started to have more positive um, thoughts and feel more positive and feel more included in our classroom. Um, and I have uh, the student I was talking about that was crying. She has been through um, sexual abuse as, as an eight-year-old and has the sweetest heart and most gentle spirit. But, you know, she deals with this trauma on the daily. Um, and I have another student who's been in foster care and sees his parents off and on, and, you know, I always know when he's had a visit because the next day is horrific. Um, and so this is what we're doing in the classroom, and this isn't, I don't teach like a special classroom <laughs> with troubled children. Um, my teammate is here, and she probably has just as many, if not more, kids that we hear these stories from. And it's a lot. Um, so much so that earlier this school year, I was like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. I even told my bosses I'm not coming back next year. I can't handle this. I was having panic attacks. Um, I even had one at church one day. <laughs> just, I was praying over my students and just got so overwhelmed. And um, people were like, you need to get out of this. This isn't right for you. And I even, I met with Pastor Stephen and I was like, he's going to tell me that it's okay that I quit. Like, I just know that's what God's going to say to him. And we met, and he didn't know, like, any of this. And he was like, man, you are in the place you should be, aren't you? Like, you are in the mission field. <laughs> and I, you know, and he's like, your work is so important. And I was like, come on. <laughs> you were supposed to tell me it was okay that I quit. So I finally stopped fighting with the Lord and was like, okay, if you want me in the classroom, I will be there, but you have to carry me because it is hard. And, and even this Friday, I got home from work, and just after our kids went to bed, I just wept to my husband because of these kids. And I could almost cry right now just thinking about them. But um, my emotion for my students is not just me. Every teacher I know 
goes home and cries for their kids. I know so many teachers who go home and pray over their students. Um, we love these kids like they're our own. And whether we like it or not, in the society we live in, I may have to make the decision to give my life to save theirs. So keep that in mind that um, teachers aren't just doing this um, for money, <laughs> because especially in Colorado, we're the lowest paid state in the United States for teachers. So we're not doing it for the cash money. Um, and we're not doing it because people praise us, um, because right now it's not the case. Um, since we came back from COVID and everybody was valuing teachers so much when we were online learning, um, it has been a wave of hatred towards us. Um, and I'm not saying this like, oh, feel bad for me, but I want you to be aware because I don't think people know that parents come in and cuss us out over their kids' snack. <laughs> and I know, and we know, that's, they're not mad at us about snack. They lost their job or they're going through something and they're just taking it out on us. But it doesn't make it any easier to hear. And when people accuse us of not caring about kids or trying to indoctrinate kids with certain ideas, we're just trying to love these kids and teach them how to be good humans. Um, so there's a lot coming at us from every side. And I was ready to get out. And God was like, we're not done here. And so rather than be disobedient, because I've done that before, and it's not, it's not fun. So I decided to just, we're going to stick with it until he tells me I can leave. Um, and so knowing all of that, um, you could be thinking, well, great, we've got teachers who love kids deeply. They're praying for our kids. They're praying over their schools. We're going to fix this thing, right? Well, I'm one against 43, um, and that's a heavy load. And so um, basically, I'm here to say we need you. We need the church to start showing up for our communities again in a positive way. Um, and so the CDC even <laughs> has come out to say that one positive adult in these kids' lives can make the difference in keeping them from these things. Just one. And I'm happy to be that one for as many kids as I can, but it's unrealistic to think that, you know, all the hundreds of students I'll see, that I can be that one for all of them. And so um, I think that what God has called us to do as Christians is to be that one more often. And, um, and, and right now it honestly feels like we're kind of alone in the schools and in education. And so um, I just felt like the Lord was telling me to kind of bring these things to your attention and maybe challenge you a little bit to think about how um, you can step in to the gap for some of these kids. Um, and I, I talked a little bit about the one student I have that is so angry, and I, and I can see that my consistency in his life just this year, um, he's been to four different schools, and he's in third grade, so he's not had consistency. Um, and so he's been with me, and no matter how hateful he is towards me, I always remind him that, you know, I care about him, I want him to be there, he's part of my family, and I'll always be there. And I've seen that start to chip away at some of that anger. Now, is he a superstar A-plus student? Absolutely not. We had a really rough week this week. But 
he knows that no matter what he does, I'm not going anywhere like other people in his life. We have another student who the things him and his brother have been through are so unbelievable that like I've just wept over them. And, um, but we can see in, especially this one that I work with, he is a leader. Like I could see this kid being in politics or a pastor, or he has these leadership qualities, but he carries this burden of abuse and neglect and hate with him. And his, his grandma's praying over him. They're at church as much as they can be. But it's amazing the stronghold that Satan can get on our kids so early. These are things that happened to him before he could speak, but it, it holds on tight. And so we have to continually be Jesus to these kids and show them that not every adult in their life is out to hurt them. Um, and so some ways that I thought of that you can help um, this area, the first thing I think is so easy is we need your prayer so much. And, and I mean, if you have kids in school, I hope that you are praying for their teachers regularly, praying for their principals and their administration, all of the staff, just praying for their safety and their wisdom and their patience. It is, it is tough. Kids are rude. <laughs> and, and Ron and I were just talking about it this morning. Like, they just don't care anymore. There's no sense of respect or um, not fear of authority, but just that, you know, like respect. And so um, we need your prayers of patience so that we can see each day through. Um, I would encourage you too, if you drive past the school on your way to work, or if you're out on a walk and you walk past the school, pray over that building. Pray for those students inside, um, because I think even just that, we would see huge change in our schools, just having prayer over our buildings all the time. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and just like I said, pray for um, our safety against attacks from our parents and the community as a whole. Um, I went to a school board meeting not too long ago, and I was so discouraged by the way the community, thank you so much, I don't know why I'm so dry, <laughs> but by the way the community perceived teachers, um, and I hate to say it, but some of them were even like quoting scripture while they badmouthed <laughs> our teachers, and it's frustrating because they don't see how much we give to these kids all the time and the hundreds of dollars that I spend on these kids. Um, so I'm asking you to pray over those things. Um, the second thing is that um, we need your support. Uh, we need you to show up to your local schools for things. If you, even if you don't have a kid, if you came in and told the school in your neighborhood that you'd like to be part of their accountability committee, they would faint, first of all, because they are begging for people to be a part of that. And if you want to influence change for the school in your neighborhood, go join the school accountability committee because they will ask you your opinion. What should we do in this situation? How should we handle this? Where should we spend our money? Nobody shows up to those things. It's a group of teachers sitting around because we want to do better for our school, but show up to that. Join your school's PTA. I know that sounds ridiculous, 
But if your face is there and you're showing that you're willing to serve that community, they're going to be a lot more likely to listen to what you have to say about our kids and about what we should be doing for our kids. Um, it's hard to see people show up and want to give their opinion at a school board meeting when they've never even walked through the doors of our building. They don't know what's going on in our classrooms. Um, so I, I encourage you to get involved. If you have the time to go volunteer at a school, even if you're just there shelving books at the library, you can be praying over those kids. You can be praying over that staff. You can be a smile to a teacher who just went three rounds with a kid <laughs> in their classroom. Show your face, and then they'll, they'll know that you care. They, wanna, they want your support. We want you in our buildings. Um, and and I, I feel like um, you can disagree with policies or politics or whatnot, but you can do it in a way um, that's loving. I don't know if that's me beeping. No? Okay. Um, I, I want to look at James 1.26, um, and it says, <clears throat> if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And I feel like right now, Satan uses so many things to get us riled up, especially social media, and we're ready to go like storm the castle because we read that this one school is teaching kids to change genders and da da da, da and without really knowing what's going on in the building. And, and if you're not in there, it's not really fair to lead the charge when you don't know what you're talking about. And I think that, that God would call us to lead with love and to go in and say, okay, this sounds really not okay, but I'm going to come in and volunteer at your carnival and see what's going on here and love on your people a little bit, and then we can talk about your policies and I can see more of what's going on. Because as a Christian, it's so discouraging when I see others using God's word in ways that I know he would be embarrassed of us. Um, so one other verse I had I wanted to show, Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. It says, stay on good terms with each other, held together by love. This is the message version. Be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Why some have extended hospitality to angels without ever even knowing it. Regard prisoners as if you were in prison with them. Look on victims of abuse as if what happened to them happened to you. And I think we need to start looking at our kids and realizing, like, what you have been through is horrific. And for me, growing up in fairy tale land, <laughs> I, couldn't, I can't comprehend this sometimes. And that's why I'm always like, God, how are you even going to use me? I don't understand this. But if we can start thinking about it through their eyes, they just want to be loved and cared for, and they've been let down. People have hurt them. And so we as the church can step in and show them what unconditional love looks like, what pure love looks like. We can show them what service looks like so that they can learn how to serve others. Um, because I know, and, and I don't want to blame anyone, but parents that are under the, the handle of substance abuse are not in a place to teach their kids how to serve others. They may be able to feed them and give them a place to sleep, but that might be about the best they can do where they're at. And, and I, you know, I don't, I don't shame them for that. I pray that God will release them from that. But 
we, we, the teachers, can't be the only ones setting that example. And I feel like God is calling the church to start making their presence more known um, in our public schools. Um, and I, I feel like the Lord has been showing me that I needed to kind of change my idea of what an orphan is. Um, because if you are living with parents that never come home or that hardly speak to you, um, even if you have parents, you're an orphan. If your mom is strung out all the time, you're an orphan as a child. And so I think we need to stop thinking about just kids that don't have physical parents with them as orphans. And the Bible is super clear about how we're supposed to treat orphans. And so I think that we need to start stepping up and putting action behind that um, more often. In Psalm uh, 68, 5 and 6, it says, Father of the orphans, champion of the widows, God in his holy house. God makes home for the homeless, leads prisoners to freedom, but leaves rebels to rotten hell. <laughs> so I think it, that verse just shows us that he says, look out for each other. Stop acting like this isn't your problem. My kids are fine. They're good. I read to them. They're fed. That's, that's my responsibility. But I think as Christians, we're called to more than that. And if you don't like the way things are headed in the world, this is your opportunity to change that. These guys are our future leaders. And when we sit around and think about the makeup of our classrooms right now, that's a really scary thought, you guys. <laughs> These kids are hurt and broken and a mess. And they're our future. And so we have to start stepping in for them more often. Um, one other verse I have is uh, Zechariah 7, 8 through 10. And it says, Then this message came to Zechariah from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Judge fairly and show mercy and kindness to one another. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, and the poor. And do not scheme against each other. So, like, over and over, it's super clear. Take care of each other. <laughs> Stop acting like it's not your problem or that it's the teachers are doing the wrong thing or if their parents weren't on drugs, then this wouldn't be a problem. Well, we can't change that now, but we can step up for these kids and make a change there. Um, and the last thing I wanted to challenge you with is um, to be the one, be that one person who can influence change volunteer, start investing in that niece or nephew, or start showing up at the school and, and find that one kid. They'll find you. They always do. And they're usually the ones that are always in trouble, but they want that attention and affection so badly. And if they see someone who is solid, they will, they will be attracted to you. And my friend Erin is here. She teaches next door to me. And our toughest kids are never absent, ever. They're always at school, which is great. It's exhausting, but it's great because we get to show up for them every day. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable going into a school, have I got a deal for you? We have a kids' ministry right here at church, and we need you to show up there. And you could think, well, our kids here are good. We got good families. It's no big deal. Those kids then go to school with these other kids. They need a strong foundation. They need to go in and be the missionary in their classroom. I'm not allowed to preach about Jesus. 
but I don't have to stop them from doing it. You know, I, I can show the love of Christ. I can't preach it from the front of my classroom, but I can watch my students pray for each other. And we can't continue to just count on the same four people to teach our kids here. And it's, it's not that much. You can even just show up and help. Just be a smiling face to these kids. Be someone to pray for them. Um, and the, the last verse I want to end with today is Matthew 25, 35 through 40. Um, and this one always like really hits my heart because I don't want to be on the other side of this when I see Jesus someday. Um, but it says, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto me. And so I don't know about you, but I want to be sure that I'm, I'm doing it unto him every day that I can. And so, you know, I'm representing a small part of our world, but these kids need us so much. And even my own kids, I can see the ways I've fallen short and failed them. Things that they've seen or heard that they'll, they'll stay with them the rest of their life. We can't protect them from everything. And so we're going to take just this last little bit here to bring our kids in and we're going to pray over them and then we'll take some time to pray over the the people that are in our schools so come on down kids are they here yeah. i think so yeah wow you're not pulling any punches with us here today you're not sorry trying to be careful or anything like that you're tr not supposed really. to supposed to be careful with the people aren't you that's not how we roll in the mm -hmm, yeah <laughs> You know, I would say this. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate your directness. Um, maybe just have them all sit down right here on the ground. There'll be a bit of chaos just for a minute, but that's okay. I want to remind you what's going on here, what we're talking about. Um, you might say, well, what about this problem, this problem, this problem? There's a lot of, like, issues in our world, right? There's a lot going on, and um, this is just one of them. But as um, ch different churches have different personalities, and our personality as a church, what God has called us as a mission is um, the next generation is family. That's just what we are. And, um, and please be a part of other problems in the world. Please be a part of other issues. But I would ask, I, I ask the Holy Spirit that he would uh, put a special burden on all of our hearts that come to this place, to new song that we could... Um, play a new song in our world for our kids. Uh, we are one generation, as you've heard this before, one generation away from the church being irrelevant and really Jesus being irrelevant, really God being irrelevant to the world. You're seeing it already. And um, we always need to be reaching down 10 years before us and pulling those with us into, into eternity. And um, that is the mission for all of us. Um, if it's whether it's oh, I loved what she said there at the end for churches anyways It was so good about kids uh, about kids ministry. Yeah, you join us in there or at least it, while you see them at church Always don't don't look at them as invisible 
you, you, you think they're invisible, you know, uh, but go to them. You'll, you'll notice I, I, I put a special place in my heart for kids. I'd rather talk to the kids than the adults, right? You know, look for them, bless them. They'll freak out. They'll, they'll push you away. They'll be afraid of you, but smile at them and um, in the appropriate ways, give them hugs and encourage them and prophesy over them and speak blessing on them. We're going to sing a song today that um, is based in Deuteronomy that the Hebrews did to their children and to their families. We pray blessing upon our kids, upon your families. We're going to pray upon our own families, upon our extended families. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Before we pray for the kids, we're going to do this. If anyone in the room is, um, everyone stand for a minute just to make it easier. If you're in the room and you're uh, uh, someone in the town that, that, uh, ministers to kids in some way with their teacher in another way would you just come stand and uh, face me just right here I don't want to well we're honoring you we're gonna honor you okay so come up and stand well I don't I only do it a few times a week or only do it an hour a week or whatever you just stand up here just right in a straight line right here thank you I appreciate you guys I appreciate you come stand right in a straight line here come on up and then we're also gonna represent uh, those that aren't here, right? We're going to represent you, my brothers and sisters. I felt a, a, a weight when you came up. I felt a weight, like, and I see it in him too. I see it in my brother here. He's covering up. There's a weight on them. If you're a kids minister in the room, if you serve in a kids ministry, would you come and stand on the sides of them too? Just right up here. Just come stand on the sides of them. And then all you kids is going to be kind of chaotic. You're going to walk around them to their backs, and you're going to put your hand on their, put it wherever. Just put your hand on their arm. Everyone stand, put your hand on their arm. Stand up. You're going to just put your hand on their arm because we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for all these teachers. We're going to believe for the town. I don't know if you have it in you still to, to lead this. Um, you do it better than I would, so I'm going to just have you lead it. Hallelujah. Not just a prayer. Would you just ask God for a burden right now? Everyone in the room, give me a burden for the lost. Give me a burden for the generation that comes up. We need them to see Jesus. We need them to know God, and we need them to be protected. Heavenly Father is um, loves them so much. Here's the thing, folks. I see the picture. It's a spiritual battle. You got, you're going to get awkward because they're going to... Everyone needs to get a, someone's hand on them, all right? So come on, reach them. It is a spiritual battle that we are in. The devil is trying to win, and he's not going to win. This prayer is not a sweet prayer. This is a battle that's saying the devil does not have a right over our kids. Amen? This is not just a sweet prayer. This is a spiritual battle. We think we are living in the physical. We're living in the spiritual, and we have moments of physical. This is a spiritual battle we are in, and we are going to contend. We are going to stand in the gap, and we are going to believe for God to win. Amen. Would you pray? Father God, we just come this morning, and we lift up all of these kids to you, Lord God. Lord, I just pray against um, spirit of confusion, Lord God, and as far as morality goes, Lord Jesus, I just, I, I know that Satan is trying so many different ways to confuse our kids, 
and make them question what they know, Lord God. And I just pray against that, Lord. I just pray that you would fill them with your knowledge, Lord God, and that they would stand firm in knowing that you have made them to be who they are, Lord God, and that you love them exactly as they are, Lord Jesus. I just pray that they would know your unconditional love, Lord God. I, I feel like there's so much pressure on our kids today, Lord, to be a certain thing, to reach a certain expectation. And God, I just pray against that feeling, Lord Jesus, that our kids would know that they are loved and they are perfectly made. And no matter what they do, Lord God, that you are always there. We pray against anxiety and depression in our children, Lord God. I pray that you would begin to fill them with your joy, Lord God. Lord, our children should be filled with laughter and joy, not sorrow and pain, Lord God. So I just pray that you would work in these kids' lives, Lord Jesus, that you would protect them and cover them, Lord God. That no, nothing that rises up against them would succeed, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we just pray that your hand would be upon them every day of their lives, Lord God. And Lord, I just pray for all of our leaders that work with kids, Lord Jesus, in any capacity, Lord God. I just, we are weary, Lord. We are so weary and beaten down, Lord. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen us. Send your Holy Spirit to fill us with your joy for loving these kids, Lord God, for patience, to love them through the tough days, Lord God. I just pray that you would guard our hearts, Lord God, that you would keep us from getting bitter and frustrated, Lord God. I just pray that you would fill us with a renewed sense of purpose, Lord God, for these children. And Lord, I just pray for anyone that is feeling your call to step in for these kids, Lord God, that you would give them boldness, that they would not be afraid, Lord God, or feel that they are not equipped. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would begin to open their eyes to opportunities to love on our kids, Lord God, whether it's here at church, Lord Jesus, or in their communities or in their schools, Lord God. I pray that they would not second-guess themselves or doubt their abilities, Lord God. I just pray that you would encourage hearts to move for our kids, Lord God. And Lord, I believe and I have faith that you are turning our country around with these kids, Lord God, that they are going to lead a revolution of love, Lord Jesus, that they will show who Christ is through their actions, Lord God, that we would stop making noise, that they would be able to show it with their actions, Lord Jesus, that they would love the unlovable, Lord God, and turn this nation around for you. So Lord Jesus, we just believe this and we pray it in your holy name. Amen. If you've been impacted by this message, join those who so generously give so we can reach more people with the story of Jesus. Visit newsongcs.com give or text the word easy to 94000.